This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning. It's Monday morning. Yay! 11.30 a.m. Wave 94.1. And I think the first thing I'm going to say is happy love day, happy Valentine's Day, all that good stuff. And you're listening to Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking... What should we talk about today? I would love to talk about love. And if I think about love, I think about the saints of God. My question is, who are they? <laughs> you know, How did they get here? Are they the lineage of the woman's seed? I don't know who they are. Are they filled with the Holy Spirit? Are they descendants of the tribes of Levi and Judah? Are they born again? Why have they existed? From before the days of Moses, like with Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what makes the saints of God special or even qualify to be set aside as the woman's seed and to literally have the um, responsibility to judge the world? Moses, in Deuteronomy 33rd chapter, he issued a blessing and he blessed the children of Israel before his death. And that's the first time I'm seeing the word saint. It says the Lord come from Sinai and dawned in them from Zaire. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came with 10,000s of saints from his right hand came a fiery law for them. Yes, God loves the people. All his saints are in his hand. They sat down at his feet and everyone receives the word of God. In Psalms 31, there are even more blessings. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heard the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserved the faithful and plentiful reward the doer of his word. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Psalms 34. Now, those are characteristics of saints of God, by the way. They hope in the Lord, they're faithful, and they're doers of the word. Okay? Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there's no want to them that fear God. Uh, so the Lord will make sure that we do not want any good thing. Because young lions do lack and they do suffer hunger. 
So it is not your strength by which you have a great life. It is the fact that you are the saints of God. Psalms 50 uh, identified that we have a covenant with God. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. So gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So as the saints of God, you are in covenant with God. Your tithes, your offerings, your lifestyle, your rejection of this world, your transformation from a soul man to a spirit man in God and the heavens shall declare his righteousness for God is judge himself. By you paying your vows unto the Lord in the presence of all of his people, the Lord identifies you when you pass on. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant and the son of your handmaiden because you've loosed my bonds, my bondages. So saints of God are also delivered from bondage, amen? And when they pass on, their death are precious in the sight of the Lord. The saints of God in Daniel, the seventh chapter, have been identified as a role that ushers in eternity and also the judgment of beings, even spiritual beings, even eternal beings. And starting at the seventh verse, it's, it's identifying that Daniel had experienced a vision and he beheld uh, some beasts. Uh, one was like um, a lion with eagle wings. The second one was like a bear, had three ribs in his mouth. The third one was a leopard with four wings of a fowl. And it also had four heads with dominion. But then there was a fourth one. And that beast was very dreadful, terrible, strong, uh, broke everything in pieces. Very different from all the other beasts. Um, so he looked at the horns and then another horn came up and there was uh, eyes like the eyes of a man. This is this sounds horrible. And this is the vision that Daniel had. And he watched as all of the thrones, meaning the kingdoms were torn down, cast down, and the angel of days sat down. And the angel of days garment was white as snow, hair of his head like pure wool. The throne was like the fiery flame and his wills as burning fire. Before I go any further, I felt an unction by the Holy Spirit to pray as this word is being released upon the airway, Father God, I ask you to allow the word of God to do what you have purposed it to do, to allow those to hear this word that must hear this word to move on to their next step in their destiny. And Father, I ask you to bring the lost to your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So continuing with Daniel, he saw this stream issue and come forth from the ancients of days and thousands and thousands ministered unto him and ten thousands time ten thousand stood before him and then judgment was set and the books were opened and um, what he saw was that the dominion was taken away from those three from the beasts 
and they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season. And then he saw the Son of Man, which is Jesus, come with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and he was brought before the Ancient of Days, and there was given unto Jesus. And always when I hear this, or when I read this in my mind, I see where Jesus is telling Mary, do not touch me. Don't touch me. I have not yet gone to my Father. I have not yet ascended unto my Father. And I really believe that that coincide with what Daniel is seeing now, how Jesus is being given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. It shall not pass away, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. So that's where Jesus was headed after he had gone into the body of the earth for three days, three nights. He had set captives free. He had, uh, you know, done all that he did, uh, dismantling, taking the keys of hell and death from the uh, kingdom of darkness. And as he came up, Mary saw him and she ran to him. He said, do not touch me. I have not yet ascended to my father. I know I'm repeating it because I want you to understand that God is not impressed by anything that happens on earth. Nothing in your life surprises him. Everything has been written. Uh, you have given yourself to the Lord. You've accepted his will above your own. And as such, you have become a saint of the living God. And so therefore you will fulfill your destiny which is to bring the lost to the kingdom and also to judge the entire world. In verse 21, uh, Daniel sees more in the visions and he sees how the kingdoms of the Most High will take the kingdom from these four kings that arise out of the earth and uh, shall possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. And he also sees where a fourth beast will go against the saints of God and will prevail against them. And that's why a lot of times you hear us speak about persecution, tribulation, because there will be a time where the saints of God will be attacked and they will be overcome until the ancient of days come. And judgment is now given, the right to judge is given to the saints of the Most High and the time will come that the saints will then possess the kingdom forever and ever. And um, even with all of that, the beast is still going after them, and he'll speak great words against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High and try to change the times and the laws, but judgment shall prevail. And uh, his dominion will be taken away, and he will be consumed, or it, the beast, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole earth shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. So the saints of God have a role, have a responsibility enormous, and have a destiny beyond the destiny of living here on earth. So when we're saying that we want to escape to heaven, um, that's like simplistically spoken because heaven seems to be a whole lot of things going on. 
uh, yes, there is that. In our minds, I think we think more about what Jesus said when he says, I go away and I shall come again. And how in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it was not so, I would not say it. I think our perception of heaven is just that and that only. But obviously, there's a lot more going on because Jesus comes back and he comes back with saints. And um, those saints then have a responsibility, even spoken about in Revelations. We're not going there today, but it is spoken there, I believe in the 20th or 21st chapter. The saints of God, just showing you how intricately they're tied to Jesus, right? As Jesus comes up from the earth, being resurrected, there's an earthquake. Well, now that's actually as he's dying, not coming up. That's as he's dying before he's resurrected, okay? Matthew 27, chapter verse 51, it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent, and two from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent. Graves were opened. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Now, meantime, think about it. And came out of the grave after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So there's, a, there's an earthquake. Graves are open, the bodies of the saints arise, and the Word of God says in the 53rd verse, came out of the graves after Jesus' resurrection. So it's almost like they are the immediate beneficiaries of the resurrection of Jesus. But I'm thinking of something else. Not only that, they're the witnesses of what happened under the earth, and then they came up. So they're actually able to tell others what Jesus did when he went down under the earth because they are rising with him as well. In Romans, the eighth chapter, to prove that God is with the saints, the Holy Spirit helps us when we, helps our infirmities because we don't know what to pray for. We don't know how to pray. So the Spirit of God itself makes intercession for us and groans in ways that we can't understand. And the Spirit of God searched the hearts, okay, knowing what is the mind of the Spirit because He makes intercession for the spirits, for the saints, according to the will of God. And that is why we can conclude that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So the saints of God are called, chosen, ordained, justified. God is to be feared, okay, in the assembly of the saints of God, to be held in reverence because what he has done is it's not even possible to be done, but yet God has done it. And so in second, uh, first Corinthians, it says, O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee or to thy faithfulness round about thee unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So saints of God 
are called, but yet they also call upon the name of the Lord, meaning that they live by faith, not by sight, because they're trusting in the invisible, unseen Christ Jesus. Amen. Ephesians, the first chapter, speaks about the inheritance of the saints. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto the saints the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of God's calling and what the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, believe what? I would say believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So in Ephesians, there's a prayer that we, the saints of God, would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, and that our understanding is enlightened, that we understand more about what is the hope of his calling and um, his great power, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Further on in Ephesians, the third chapter, it says that we would know the love of Christ, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that us being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height of God's love, to know the love of Christ, which passed knowledge and understanding that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. We do have a great inheritance uh, as saints of God. Uh, there's deliverance that's spoken in Colossians, the first chapter. It says that we're strengthened with all might according to God's glorious power until all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, because it is God himself who has delivered us, amen, from the power of darkness through Christ Jesus and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, the blood of the lamb, amen. Through that blood, we have been delivered from sin, from the kingdom of darkness, amen. And then First Thessalonians speak about how the Lord will make us to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward each other. To the end, he will establish our hearts. So love is necessary. We cannot say we're holy and righteous and uh, no, no fault and no wrinkle. We can't say that if we don't have love. You know, the Bible lets us know that God is love. So there's a process going on in you and I, as saints of God, to make us unblameable and holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So this process that we're going in is called sanctification. 
And we're doing this on a daily basis from glory to glory. First Corinthians, the six chapters lets us know why must we be blameless? Why must we be holy? Why must we be the church without a spot or a wrinkle? Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge like natural small things? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then we have judgment of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. So the lowest believer can judge anything in this world because why? They have the spirit of God in them. Okay. So brother goeth to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. How can that happen? Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to the law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Mean, be naked before one another. Admit your fault. Repent. Like in Matthew, it says, we can't even pray if we have an alt among ourselves not to where God can hear us and answer our prayer. So as brothers in the faith, sisters in the faith, we have to forgive each other and do no wrong and defraud and do no harm to your brother or sister. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? So don't be deceived. Fornicators, adulterers, abusers, thieves, covetous, Drunkards, revilers, extortionists, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You can go to church every day, but if you have not changed your life and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. If anything, you're going to be in hell, you know, really filled with sorrow at the fact that you didn't believe. And such were some of us, but we have been washed. Amen. We're now sanctified. We're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So we are we have so much to be thankful for. I mean, if if you're in Christ Jesus, behold, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So even though we are in the process of being transformed, even Romans 12 tells us about be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And don't conform to the things of this world. I know a lot of people watched uh, Super Bowl, and I guess that's great. But, you know, it shouldn't be where it's like you're worshiping it. You shouldn't put Super Bowl before the things of the Lord. It, not like that. Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? You're the woman's seed. You're of the lineage of the woman's seed spiritually. And how can the saints be worthy to judge the world? Here's the key. Second Corinthians, fifth chapter. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. 
What does that mean? God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses, their trespasses unto them, but and and he committed unto the world the word of reconciliation. Now then we, saints of God, women seed, we are ambassadors for Christ. And remember, God was in Christ as though God did beseech you by us. So we pray now in Christ's stead because we're reconciled to God for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the mystery, the how do you solve it? The mystery is that the hope of glory is now in our spirit man. So our spirit does not have one spirit, our own spirit, but we actually have Holy Spirit inside of us. And so therefore we have love. And if we have love, we have God. And we are able to forgive. We're able to give the lost the word of reconciliation, the gospel. We're able to go into all nations and preach this word. We're able to live the life of love. So even though the world is celebrating Valentine's, and that's a pagan holiday, as saints of God, we live in a lifestyle of celebration daily because we celebrate love and love is God. And so therefore we are to love each other. We are to love those that never had love. We are to speak love. We are to have actions of love. And even as we pray, we don't pray just for those that look like us or live in our environment. We, we pray globalistically. We pray the heart of God. We pray as the creator. We pray that God's will be done upon this earth. And today I'm going to end this Escape to Heaven episode with let's stay in heaven minute by minute. And I'm asking for forgiveness from the Father and I'm going to pray for you as well. Father, forgive us for the moments and the instances and the times and the days and the hours that we did not live as saints of God. I repent right now as you bring these things to my mind. And I ask you, Lord, to empower me and all the saints of God with more love, more faith, more power, more authority to live how you would live if you were here on earth. Let us live as Jesus lived. The word of God said that after he left the wilderness, that he was filled with compassion. So, Father, I ask you to fill us afresh with your love and your compassion for the loss. And let us rule, reign, and abide even now, before all of that time that Daniel saw, the prophet Daniel, even now as we're living today. Let us live with the knowledge and the awareness that we will judge this world. And therefore, we must be like you. So I thank you, Lord, for the love that you've given to us. The word of God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I pray right now for those that have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Please repeat after me and receive him in your heart today. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God raised from the dead by the power of God. I am saved and I surrender my life to be transformed by the Word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be blessed, saints of God. May the Lord prevail and rule in your life until eternity. I love you, but happy love day. God loves you more. <laughs> Bye.